Hi everyone, this is Christopher Coleman of Track Sounds and the Soundcast. And this is something new we're adding to our podcast flavor. Think of it as the Soundcast a la Philip Glass, i.e. minimalized. It's 30 minutes that can hopefully carry you to work or from work or on your lunch break and give you a little bit of film music conversation to brighten your day. So sit back and I hope you will enjoy this this beta episode of Soundcast Stereo. This is episode zero of Soundcast Stereo. I'm Christopher Coleman and I'm on channel one. And tonight I have Eric Woods of the Cinematic Sound Radio program on channel two. And we're going to talk about the recently announced news of Alan Silvestri as composer for the Avengers Infinity Wars parts one and two. And I'm on the line tonight with Mr. Eric Woods, who is the host and producer of Cinematic Sound Radio. Eric, how you doing? I'm good. Thank you very much for having me. Well, it's great to have you on this episode zero. Uh, <laughs> and it kind of all kind of happened out of nowhere. It was uh, some interesting conversation going on Twitter, talking about the recent announcement um, by Alan Silvestri on his official website uh, yesterday, June 6th, that he is going to be the composer on Avengers Infinity War Parts 1 and 2, which don't come out until 2018 and 2019. Um, so the internet exploded as much as it can with such an announcement from a composer <laughs> um, on films that don't come out for a couple of years, but there's been a lot of talk about it. So uh, I asked Eric to come on and see if he could spare 30 minutes to talk about uh, Alan Silvestri, coming on to Avengers Infinity Wars 1 and 2 and just the Marvel Universe kind of and how it's shifting, continually shifting in terms of who's composing these scores for these uh, major films. Uh, so let's jump right in and let me know what you felt or what you thought when you first, tell us what you felt when you when you first heard that news. Uh, first of all, I honestly thought it was one of those one those things where like a fan went on I am and just saw that his name was typed in there and it wasn't uh, confirmed or right. or anything. So it was just like, whatever. And it didn't go away. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was on Alan Silvestri's site. And then I, I was pleasantly surprised by it. Um, I didn't think he'd ever be back. Yeah. Um, I thought that... Uh, I mean, I don't know whether Tyler had a chance of coming back to score these films with what happened with uh, Age of Ultron. Right. Would Danny Elfman want to do this or is he done with superheroes? I'm surprised Henry Jackman wasn't asked. Yep. Or because uh, I mean, for who's directing these next. Yeah, films. exactly. So that's that's the biggest surprise right there. Yep. Why is it Alan Silvestri's coming on board and not Jackman? Is it does it have anything to do with Sylvester's theme, which obviously wasn't incorporated into Brian Tyler's score for the second movie, which is I assume one of the reasons why Elfman was brought on to bring that theme back. Mm -hmm. And so, is that what's happening here? Would is Henry Jackman busy? Does he not want to do comic books anymore? Uh, yeah. Comic book films anymore? So, uh, I'm 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 
I'm pleasantly surprised. I'm excited that a composer like this, that's uh, far more, uh, I would say, traditional, right, um, is going to come back. Someone who's finally we're going to get some, I would say, thematic continuity, which is great. Uh, we don't really have to guess whether the Avengers theme is going to come back, right? Um, so that's what I like about it. Uh, but it's still very confusing at the same time. Yeah, this the whole cinematic universe has been pretty confusing. I mean, I like the fact that they, it looked like they were trying to get some some continuity from from even franchise or sub franchise to sub franchise, uh, like from Thor to Iron Man, and you had Brian Ty- and Avengers Brian Tyler doing all of that. I like that you would have that consistency. Um, and now it looks like they've just shelved that, and they're going back to. Uh, the originator of the Avengers theme. Um, and so it very much surprised me. I would have put a lot of money on Henry Jackman, um, mm-hmm. especially having just come off Civil War, which I think is a really good score. I mean, I think it's a great film. And the more I listen to the score, the more I appreciate it. Interestingly, it's it doesn't seem to operate on any real transcendent level within the film itself. It does its job. But when I'm able to listen to it closely, just as a score it's there's some really operatic stuff going on in that and i and i really enjoy what he's done um the the theme for civil war that he's created you know weaving in his um captain america theme that he came up with and you know a little nod to the winter soldier uh, soldier motif here and there i, I like that it's much much more subtle than anything alan silvestri has ever done um, and so I'm sure for most people, they don't pick up. And even myself, it took me a few times to listen to it to really connect those dots uh, that he's worked in there. Uh, and so I'm really, really shocked that um, Henry Jackman is is not the man. Now, I feel this is really early, too. I mean, this is, too, mm-hmm. you know, normally we get the, the composer announcement not too far from, you know, from release or... Before they're gonna just before they record, and we've got a long ways to go, so it feels early to me, and that's why I think it surprised me a lot that there was any announcement about it whatsoever. Um, and looking at Silvestri's site, you know, he links to IMDb, which just seems an odd uh, in the post that he says, "Hey, we'd like to announce," and it goes to the IMDb page. It's like I would one, I would have thought. On his own side, he would have said more. Um, I guess how much more can you say uh, at this point? But it 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 just feels it feels a little odd. The timing of it, um, I believe it, but you know it's a long time, and things can you know that's been it's been pretty shaky with with composers, um, especially in the Avengers sub franchise of this whole thing. Do you think it'll stick? Do you think it? You think it? It's just gonna go through just like this? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh, that I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that we should be expecting some sort of change. And if it doesn't, then again, what in the world happened between uh, Jackman uh, on Civil War to you know now that Sylvester is the one that's being chosen as the composer? Right. But I think that if um, you know, Silvestri's been rejected before and maybe something happens and Jackman's, you know, brought in because he's, you know, the guy that's worked with them before. Um, uh, you're right. It's early. Mm-hmm. And who knows if this is 100 percent accurate. But um, 
I wouldn't be surprised if there if there is a change, and it would be Jackman. I would say would be would be getting the job. I don't know. Maybe he didn't want to do two films. I, I'm not. I'm not sure. Maybe the splitting of it is. I don't know. Maybe he didn't have a good time on these movies. It's hmm. it's quite possible. Um, I haven't read might... any interviews or anything where he's had. You know, they're always positive in their interviews. Yeah. But, right. You know. Yeah. I. I. I'm not. I'm. Not, I look. This. I'm just bewildered by the announcement it's really um it's 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 great and like i said confusing at the same time yeah yeah well some of the names that were bandied about you mentioned some earlier and some that were talked about on twitter ones like danny elfman um Mm -hmm. and so that's where one conversation stemmed from i think most would be quite uh, happy if if his name had been announced for this given his work on uh, Age of Ultron, which many feel is is the superior part of that score, um, he still has that in him, and uh, he did do a fantastic job on Age of Ultron. I think. Yeah, I um, agree. What are your thoughts? What do you think about him doing something like this? You think he's done with superheroes? I I, I feel like that's the case. I think he was done with superheroes when he was doing Spider Man. I don't think he wanted to do those movies. I don't really? think he wanted to do the Hulk, um, but he's brought in for that. He just seems um I would think he's burnt out by some of that stuff. Uh but that's like ten years ago or more. Oh, for sure. But I mean around that time, I mean he was he was you know, he had he's had weird um, sections in his career where, you know, when he was doing Batman and Dick Tracy and Darkman, yeah. and then finally it was like Spider Man, and then Spider Man Two. I, I don't true. know what happened on Spider Man Three. You know, the the Hulk. Uh, I'm sure there's another one in there. Batman. Somewhere. He's Batman, of course. Yeah, yeah the Batman's, and then uh, you know now he's brought on this. I, 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 what I'm really curious about is why Elfman was the one that came yes. in to save the day. Exactly. <laughs> it's such a it's such a bizarre I, I i would just love to get inside the heads of these people and, and like are they like hey we get why why didn't they go to sylvester maybe sylvester said no i i don't know yeah uh, but you know what what elfman managed to crank out in that short amount of time was was incredible and to also kind of meld into brian tyler's style a bit mm-hmm. but also just to like a complete rearrangement of, I, I mean, Tyler's theme, the uh, the Avengers theme, the way it all came together, the counterpoint, whatnot. It just he outclassed everybody, mm-hmm. absolutely everybody. Um, and he's, it, it would be great, it would be amazing if he came on and did the, did the other two. But I mean, does he want to be part of another superhero franchise? Does is that what he wants? Is it too stressful? You know, yeah. does he want to do smaller movies? Um, does he want to do something a little more experimental? I mean, he just released his uh, ballet mm-hmm. right and so that's sort of maybe that's where his career is going yeah and uh, maybe he doesn't be. have that it sort could of freedom on yeah, these comic book movies that he would elsewhere and he and he definitely at some level you know saw whatever was going on at marvel and he's like i don't want any part of that you know to go through yeah. that and be the main guy who knows but it, it it was really strange that I mean it was so out of the blue. I can remember being on Twitter when that announcement came across, or yeah. when they showed the cover art and it had his name on it. And we're like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, That's what, right. where did that come from? Additional music by I mean, it was so out of the blue. And then listening to the Age of Ultron commentary, and Whedon did not speak 
Brian Tyler's name even one time. No kidding. And it was, and that's something I tweeted as I just listened to that maybe a few months ago. Right. And I was like, wow. I mean, he talked about Elfman. He talked about you know using the Helicaria theme from uh-huh. from uh, Avengers and just cutting it right into that scene uh, in Age of Ultron, and not one mention of Brian Tyler's name. That just I was really shocked at that, and I was like, okay, there was clearly some shenanigans going on back there. And when I interviewed Tyler, he never he never m- he phrased it or framed it in any sort of controversial way. It's just like, hey, we had a lot going, you know, we want we needed to have some help. And, you know, he's always he's always a, a statesman and and mm-hmm. keeps things positive. So I had no clue. I had no clue that any of this was going on. And so maybe Elfman got a got a first row seat to some of this and was like i i don't know but i'm with you i think it would be spectacular uh, had he been brought on to mm-hmm. this but he's done his time with superheroes i can't yes. fault him if he doesn't want to very, do anymore very true very true yeah um so then there was this uh, article posted today on uh, slashfilm.com by uh, jacob hall that um got a little bit more attention uh, and I wanted us to talk about that just for a second. Um, and uh, at SoCalTJ tweeted this out. Uh, that's how it came to to, to my attention. Um, so you can find that at SlashFilm.com. Uh, the article is just basically the announcement of uh, Alan Silvestri being put on Avengers Infinity Wars. So here's a bit from it. Uh, he says, uh, I quote Jacob Hall, Here's your rhetorical question of the day. Could Marvel Studios be looking to directly confront its music problem? There are 13 films set in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but you'd only need a few fingers to count the memorable scores that have come out of these movies. This is one area where Warner Brothers and DC have Marvel thoroughly beaten. Say what you want about Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. I've certainly said plenty. But Hans Zimmer's Superman score is triumphant and bold in a way that Marvel scores simply are not. <laughs> it's, la- it's laughable. I can't. I can't keep a straight face reading that that paragraph. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go keep going. What? what it blows me away. Well, it blew, it blew, I, There's no. Uh, I don't know why. Where do? There's no. He doesn't. One. He doesn't say. He says it's triumphant and bold. I I, I don't get it. Maybe the the, the Zimmer's Han, uh, Superman theme. Sure, it's it's positive. It bold in a in a yeah. new direction. But I, I, what I think a lot of people are missing, and it's not the scores themselves. It's not it's not their fault. It's not the themes that are being written. It's the scores are actually. I mean, when we when we rank them, you'll you'll see that there's some outstanding music. Then there's some mediocre stuff. Yes, and there's some bad. But even in those bad ones, you still get great, memorable themes. And what he's saying is that there is a thematic problem. Mm-hmm. He is sort of right, but he's also wrong. The the thematic problem is the thematic continuity within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's yeah. the biggest issue and 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 a lot of people just completely miss that point uh we have this and this this has started from the beginning um and like jawadi's original iron man score or not Mm -hmm. but there should have been something you love it exactly but there should have been something set where i think there should be maybe a team of composers where it's like guys there's going to be four or five of us Sort of like maybe what they did on um, 
Batman the Animated Series. Mm-hmm. And these are the five that are going to do it, and you're going to spend the, you know all these years working on it. We've got a contract for you for the next 20 years. Mm-hmm. And they collaborate and make sure there is some sort of thematic continuity. Iron Man gets a theme, always mm-hmm. gets that same theme, yeah. you know, and, and, and so on and so forth. And then yeah. I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here. <laughs> but uh, this guy obviously doesn't get it. And, you know, when he's talking about memorable themes, my goodness, you've got Captain America's theme from the first Avenger. Mm-hmm. You've got the Avengers theme. You've got, I'm like, how do you not remember Iron Man 3? How do you not remember that? Which might yeah. be just the best thing thematic-wise that was written for the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, you got Ant-Man. Oh, my God. Ant-Man's music. you gotta, you got to pay attention to that. It's just so extraordinary. Yeah. Um, and even, like I said, the lesser scores, you got... Debney's ode to uh, or tip of the cap to 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 uh, John, uh, Jerry Goldsmith and Iron Man Two, mm-hmm. um, you know, going on and on and on and on. There's so there's so much memorable stuff. The problem is that it's it might not be memorable maybe to our author here because they are one offs, and Could that's be. the biggest biggest problem. And a lot of these scores don't really feature let's say, lyrical, thematic scores. Um, a couple of themes come in and out here and there, but I don't hear a lot of um, action music that is geared towards thematic writing right. or, or things of that sort. So he might have a point, but I totally disagree that DC's got Marvel beaten because I, I'm trying to think of the but, last DC score that could compete with anything within the Marvel But neither does, neither does Man of Steel or Batman v Superman. They don't have memorable themes. No, they um, have a couple of motifs here and there. I mean, I'm, yeah. I, like I said, I haven't seen Batman v Superman, but you know, Wonder Woman's motif is oh, it's God. there. I don't know how it works, but I mean, it's... Yeah, if, you don't, if you're not into the Winter Soldier mo- motif, right. yes, <laughs> you, you can't, you won't be able to swallow this. I mean, it is so abrasive. Okay. I mean, how, it, how it reflects her character, I have no idea. Um, but you certainly remember it, but you also remember when if, you know, people all ran to the chalkboard and scraped their fingernails at the same time across it, you'd remember that, right. but not necessarily as a pleasure, pleasurable experience. Right. Um, so I don't, I'm not with him there if he's talking thematically. He says bold and triumphant. I, you know, Batman v Superman yeah. was, was a beat down it was it was a pummeling experience musically mm-hmm. um it there's nothing triumphant about the movie in any way shape or form and that's reflected in its score um you know we have a whole long episode soundcast episode about man of steel i think you were on that episode if i'm not mistaken um <laughs> and so we've we've documented our thoughts on that on that film and score pretty pretty deeply um already but it's just you know, it's it's a real surprise. It, it's it really is though a slap in Marvel's face that the music, and I think there's mixing involved in this too. The scores are always mixed down. Mm. Um, they're never given that that front and center, or seldom given that front and center sort of uh, positioning as we are used to, or that we used to get uh, back in the good old days, um, because I. As we were talking before this, we officially started. You know, Civil War. I think it has a great score. I, it gets lost in with everything that's going on on screen and in the sound mix a little bit. But when you listen to it on its own, 
Jackman does some really wonderful things and and but they're very subtle they're much more subtle and you can't one thing you can't say about batman v superman and man of steel is that there's subtlety well at least not in batman v superman maybe there's a little in man of steel um and the this the score these marvel scores just don't stand out there for me i don't think there's any real bad ones but as we as we do our rankings at the end here um there's so many that are just kind of in the middle and one day you might like one better than the other. And you know, that kind of jostling hap- can happen from day to day, from hour to hour. And they're oh, all okay. Or a lot of them are okay, but just not like, uh, they, they just don't classics. stick with you. Yeah. As others, people have yeah. said, you know, the event, uh, uh, Sylvester's Avengers theme and the helicarrier, helicarrier theme yeah. are the two things that you remember from the Avengers musically. Um, and that's about it. I couldn't tell you too much more. I, c- I couldn't recall too much more right off the top of my head. Um, but those things stay with you because they're very grand and over the top. You just don't get a lot of that. And um, so his comments are, I think, a little bit askew, but I think they represent a, a significant portion of the movie-going audience. I would say a lot of people might say something similar to this in terms of they remember music from Man of Steel and Batman v Superman more than Marvel films. I think that that probably isn't a, a unique position. Um, but in terms of music musical quality, I don't think there's any comparison. I agree. I think I think maybe they're just you know you also got the name Hans Zimmer yes. on on these DC movies. So it's like if you brought in the name John Williams and he, you know, he just squats out a turd, it doesn't matter. It's John Williams. And, um, you know, if he does that for Marvel, then obviously that score is probably going to, uh, I guess be a little bit more memorable, more for the name than, you know, even if he just kind of, you know, painted the score by numbers. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, Hans Zimmer's got his fans, and there are some things that I, there are tiny little bits of things that I like out of his Superman scores, but they're just so in your face. They battle so much with the sound effects, and I'm finding that's, like you said, that that's the, it's one of the biggest problems. It's just, it's, everything is loud, 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 and no subtlety, and, and you really can't let the music breathe or, or tell help tell the story. Sometimes, it, like, what's the point? What's the point of having the music there true. if you can't even hear it? Yeah, it's true. I, I will agree with your statement. You know, in terms of, you know, what should have happened long ago when they when they set out on this on this whole endeavor to create a cinematic universe, was to build in some consist thematic consistency right from the beginning. Um, just think, you know, we'd be we'd be thirteen films in. Now, some of them might not have referenced any of the established motifs like Guardians of the Galaxy or, or perhaps even Ant-Man, but most of them would have. And, you know, think about Star Wars and think about every time you get a, just a fragment of the Force theme. Mm-hmm. You know, it has so much emotional weight behind it because, well, it's been around for 40-some years, but it's been in X amount of movies, X amount of animated shows, X amount of... Um, Video game, you know, it's been used so many. It's iconic. And if you thought, if just take the Avengers theme and had they planted seeds of it, just a note or two in Iron Man, you know, and you could go back and like, oh, look, right there, you know, when he, he, I don't know what, 
scene that might have come in, but or planted a seed in First Avenger or somewhere. You had this buildup, and now you're using it every single time throughout all of these films. It would it would be a completely different. It would be one of the most memorable and well recognized themes to date. Had they done that, yeah. Um, and but now it's kind of oh yeah, that's the one everyone remembers. Whether they remember where they heard it exactly and what film it was from is another story. But um, it, it it was a missed opportunity. Why they couldn't have done that, I don't know. Maybe they, you know, it's like, hey, who knows if this thing's really going to happen? Is it really right. going to come together? Right. Um, but it was a missed opportunity. Well, you could just tell that there was some sort of tinkering and fooling around, even with the first movie. Uh, why John Debney wasn't involved with Favreau's first Iron Man, mm-hmm. and so it just it, it, right off the bat, someone was tinkering, someone was playing around, and they didn't like what they heard or what was going to happen someone higher up and then they made the choice to bring in uh Javadi and then he wasn't retained and Favreau right. got to use Debney and I was just like what is going on and that yeah. just was the beginning of the end musically for this franchise and but but they they rebounded when they hit phase 2 and they started going with Brian Tyler right which I thought that was brilliant and yeah. And, you know, wherever someone might come out on their opinion of the score, at least you were getting consistency between three of the sub franchises, Thor, Iron Man and Avengers. Right. And just that alone, I give them kudos for like, oh, yeah, we should stitch these things together. And we did get Iron Man's theme and Thor's theme and his Avengers theme all in one film, Mm -hmm. uh, which was awesome. You know, and and if they could have built on that. And continue yep. to use those themes. I'd rather have them use be consistent thematically, um, even if they're not my favorite of all the themes, than to have a lot of really great themes but only used in one movie apiece. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I think that would have a greater impact upon us as an audience. If we I think got so. Well, Eric, thanks for uh, joining me on this episode zero of Soundcast Stereo. Um, where can people find and follow you and tell us a little bit about, about your, your podcast? Oh yeah. It's gone bananas uh, yeah. the past maybe three months. So, uh, you can still find us at cinematicsound.net, but now we were picked up by a, uh, online streaming, uh, radio station called W rock. They're at wrockradio.com And my show airs live every Sunday at 1 PM Eastern. They have 8 million listeners a mm. month i have a very small chunk of that listenership it's about one hundred fifty thousand people that tune wow. into my show throughout the, the month but that's it's just great exposure for my show and Absolutely. for film music which is the number one thing it's just i want more people to listen to film music and i'm just seeing the return it's not a lot but I, there's a lot of likes to my facebook page awesome. a lot more followers on um on twitter so we're also part of uh podtyrant.com mm-hmm which is an offshoot of Geek Tyrant. So they've started playing my shows as well. We're now on iTunes. I took the plunge and we'll see how far that gets me. But um, (laughs) again, it's just, it's all about the promotion and love of film music. I just want more people to hear this stuff. And I get so many great messages from people who have discovered through these other networks and they're finally hearing these things that they've never really had a chance to here before so it's been a really long time since i've had that sort of reaction from newer fans of the show in about 10 years since i was on uh, fm back in 
uh, Hamilton and Mohawk College. So it's just great that I'm able to kind of get out there and, and like I said, introduce this awesome art form that we we love so much. And uh, people are buying albums because they're listening to the stuff on my show. So I guess that's what's important. Yeah. And they're discovering stuff. So that's, that's what's what keeps me going. I mean, I'm doing weekly shows now right. for the first time in years. And it's it's keeping me busy. But, uh, you know, and I hope that you continue to do more programming. I miss your show. And so this, I think this is a great idea, what you're doing right now. These small little conversations with whomever. Yeah. Just, you know, I just, regular content is so important. And, yeah. uh, you know, I love your show. And I would love to, you know, I'd love to come on again. Oh, absolutely. And, but, you know, just like little topics, it doesn't matter. You know, and you want to talk for 10 minutes. I'd love to hear anything that you guys have to say. I, I love it. So um, it just, that's what keeps me going. It's just weekly. I can get new people listening to new scores, old scores. So, yeah. Awesome. Anyway. Well, I mean, I'm excited for you, and and I've definitely seen all that activity pick up, and um, it's exciting. It's exciting. Uh, I'm excited for you, and I'm excited for the film music community as a whole because there's going to be nooblers coming in there who who are going to you know have questions and start to buy the stuff, and that their excitement kind of reinvigorates ours. I think sometimes you know they they discover these things that we've been listening to for 20 years. And they're like, man, you know, I just heard Braveheart for the first time or, right. you know, things like that. And you're like, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. their minds are blown, you know. And it's like, <laughs> I remember when my mind was blown with that right. score. Yeah. Um, so, it's, so it's great. And, and your shows are fantastic, your Thank tribute you. shows. Um, it really exposes a, a lot of music that would not see the light of day um, otherwise. And so uh, I'm really happy for you and glad to see that it's, that it's taken off. I appreciate it. Thank and, you. And look forward to you know, all, every episode that you're churning out there. Thank you. So I'd definitely love to have you back on. And uh, This is fun. You yeah, get, I, love doing, I love you doing your show. So. Well, that's it for episode zero of Soundcast Stereo. I certainly hope you enjoyed this conversation. And that you'll take a moment to let myself or Eric know that you listened to it and what you thought about the episode and the topic of the night. You can contact Eric, of course, on Twitter at SinSoundRadio, which is at C-I-N-S-O-U-N-D-R-A-D-I-O. Myself, of course, at TrackSounds. You can also send an email to soundcast at tracksounds.com. Or you can leave us a voicemail if you're not the typing type on our speak pipe widget found on our site. You'll find any future episodes of Soundcast Stereo and, of course, all of our Soundcast episodes, including our composer interviews on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Google Play Music Podcasts, and in most podcast libraries. So thank you so much for listening, and until our next episode, keep it balanced. <laughs>